rebuilding job. Energy. You know, glad to see you. Hello. Welcome in, listeners, to the Tottenham Depot. I'm your host, Andrew, joined today by Todd and Scott. We'll also hear a little bit later on in the program from Shuban, who is sound asleep at the time that we are recording this because of a, a little thing called time zones, and that is just how that works. <laughs> but uh, I'll start by throwing it out to the Todd father himself, at TC underscore Cachot. Todd, how's it going, my friend? Man, any day that you get to talk about Tottenham wearing purple is a good day. Um, yep. I wish it were under better circumstances. Those kits are fire as fuck. Um, unfortunately, uh, we forgot to send out attackers today, and so um, we didn't. Deal. Yeah, I mean, that, you don't need don't those. Nope not to not not to win soccer matches apparently or or football games or however you want to call it. We didn't do anything of the sort. So, um, Scott, how are you? Good man. I mean, all things <laughs> considered, uh, you caught him off guard there. <laughs> it's it's five twenty three like, p.m. All right, my workday is technically over, but it never ends. So, yeah, same. Yeah, we're good. good. Yeah, right. No, but no, I mean, I mean, whatever. I think, as I told you off the air, this competition is total banter for me, and this LOL. So, like, I'm fine. Whatever. <laughs> tough, tough, tough loss today, but I don't really give a shit. Tottenham Hotspur doing it for the Bants. That is the new uh, the new slogan. Uh, Scott can be found at DSM Spurs. I am at Aesthetica. You can follow the podcast at Tottenham Depot. Uh, guys, let's just let's just dig in. This was obviously um, not good, but it was also a fully rotated side, which we found out, I believe, yesterday that that was happening. Um, which I think we did once once one other time in in Europe so far this season, where we just you know, didn't take any of the real players. Um, and, and that's not to say that none of the players on the pitch today were real players. They just didn't really perform like it. Um, let's start, I guess, by talking about this 11, this quote unquote B team, this second string unit. Um, who Todd, who, if anyone from this group today, did you see that could potentially work their way into the Premier League at this point? I mean, Brian, you know. Okay. Uh, they had him playing on the right today and, and trying to run the majority of the middle because Delhi looked like a fucking – just a fish out of water. It was fucking miserable all day. Uh, th- this midfield, by and large, was was pretty aggressively bad yeah. <clears throat> across the board. Um, Stephen Birdvine was essentially playing like a left wing back today. I, it was just – it was weird. It was weird whatever it was that we were doing. It wasn't fucking working. Um, the only player that I looked at and, and I said, well, I actually say what you want to say about the guy. I thought Davidson Sanchez had a decent game today. So, See, so. and I actually thought that Joe Rodon had a decent game. I, I thought Joe Rodon had a good game as well. I thought he but, was even better than Davidson. But but yeah, I thought the center backs f- equated themselves fairly well. And I wasn't particularly mad at Jaffa Tanganga either. I thought, I thought defensively in front of a, just a dumpster fire of a fucking goalkeeper, <laughs> I thought that they did amazingly well keeping this uh, team that got overrun in the midfield uh, in, in a football match. Because yeah. from the opening whistle, Delhi, Lo Celso, Winks looked 
fucking garbage. They looked every single one of them looked terrible to me. This is where we do the bit and we say Galini allowed another goal from outside the box today, and we allow Scott to come in and say, "Yeah, but he's got bars, right?" Absolutely, he did make a save too from outside the box, like he said. So he did. He did make one. He did make one. So we were 50-50, I guess, on shots from outside exactly. the box. I mean, but that shot wasn't on frame. So you call it what you want to call it. Anyway, it's, it's neither here nor there. All I know is, is I think every single team in this competition right now is taking volley practice from the top of the 18 because they realize if Golini is in between the sticks, there's no fucking way. And if you noticed, that team for the rest of the second half just sat there and were firing shots from 20 meters plus because – the word is out, dude. Golini has cement boots. Old boy cannot see shit. And his reaction time is just miserable. Sorry. Scott, let's get into this midfield because, and you'll hear from Shuban later on the midfield specifically. But for me, it wasn't just Winks today. And I'll, I'll hammer Winks any day. You guys know that. But it was Winks, Delhi, and even Giovanni Lacelso. None of them really looked in this game. And the midfield was. And we all kind of predicted it. I mean, I think I think our good friend Dakota even put something in the group chat before the match started. Not ready for this midfield to get overrun today. Boy, did that midfield get overrun today. Yeah. I mean, I I don't mean to like single two people out, but when Winks and Delia are in the midfield, I'm just always going to be very concerned. So, And I think, you know, we've kind of seen that consistently throughout the entire season. I don't think that Lacelso is great in a double pivot. Um, you know, and again, this is our second squad, and I think a hodgepodge in the midfield, anyways, right? I think we've probably got we've probably got one midfield that works right now, and it's what we saw at Newcastle. So uh, I'm like, I don't think anyone's surprised. I also don't think it's like detrimental in the grand scheme of things right because as we've said this competition's kind of for the bands anyways but to, yeah i mean we were just abysmal today in the midfield for sure which has kind of been the theme of the season right so what what about um what about dane scarlet I, I is it a matter of the midfield not giving him service or because this is no this he is got his team. ass kicked today he got his ass kicked today That's they're captain six four on the back line, that that center back, that's six four, yep. beat him like he stole something all day long, or beat him like he's a 17, 18 year old kid. He looked twelve today. It was bad. Yeah. It was bad. He got he, he 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 from the opening whistle. That guy got in his head and physically beat him down. He was a non factor all day. We had we were seriously playing like eight to eight against eleven because we had no one up front. Yeah, it is what it felt like. And he was, of course, subbed off after 75 minutes. Um, and a believe... trash yellow. It was a trash yellow. Yeah, trash yellow. I agree. And I believe the only sub we made today, right? I mean, I, I don't think I mean, there were any. It was it was Dylan Markenday coming on for, for Dane Scarlett, which also just speaks to, and I mentioned this with Shuban later, you'll hear. It kind of speaks to, to me, I'm not sure whether or not this is how Spurs are treating this competition, where they're rotating a full 11 and not even bringing any of those players to bring off the bench for 20, 30 minutes at the end of a match, but instead their big move after, you know, and this was actually before going down uh, by a goal because the goal came moments after Mark and day came on the pitch, but their big move to try and push to get a goal in the final 15 minutes is bringing on Dylan Mark and day. And that's no offense to that kid, but that's your move in a European game away that, that you're going to bring on Dylan Mark and day. Like, I don't know. It just seemed like 
I'm not sure if this means that Spurs don't give a shit about the competition or if it means they're just going to prioritize the weekend, which I agree with, but maybe it's a little bit of both. I'm not sure. What, what do you guys feel about that? Well, I mean, I'll hop in there. And, and what, I'll, what I'll say is that I'm, well, I'll, I'll ask you this question, Andrew. Um, would you rather us win this trash can trophy, go gallivanting all about Europe, not the best parts, by the way, all about Europe. I'm sure during, the Netherlands is nice. During January, this is fine for now in group play, but you, you, Krizakistan is in that bitch, bro. I'm telling you. Hey, Jose Mourinho lost to a team from fucking Norway today. This is what and, I'm saying. And, and by a lot. Not, this is what not, I'm not, a, not a small margin. Yeah, this is what I'm saying. So would you rather do that or would you rather see Dylan Markenday come off the bench for Dane Scarlett against a sixth place team from the Netherlands, bow out of this trophy competition, and I say that tongue in cheek for Scott, um, uh, unceremoniously, and then focus on two domestic cups and securing a legitimate European place for next year? Well, you know, it's funny. To answer your question, I heard people saying, would you rather focus on this trophy or getting top four? And I don't even think that's the question. I think it's, would you rather focus on this trophy trophy or getting top six, seven, maybe eight? I said, listen, I said top six and, and and a trophy is what I was looking at this year. Right. And and I think that that is that this Tottenham Hotspur team has that in its bag. Maybe, maybe if they if they're focusing on just that and play and and getting fortunate bounces here from here on out, because frankly, from what we've seen, the team that played against Newcastle and the team that he's really, for the most part, stuck with over the last few weeks in the Premier League is the team that's going to have to get it done. And there is not much by way of depth on this roster. And that I think is where we get into the big issue. If I'm not mistaken, this team did not make a substitution against Newcastle. They went the full 90 plus without making a sub. Uh, and and those were the 11 players that were left home. So, I mean, Scott, how do you saw, because you cannot go through a Premier League season with just 11 players, obviously. Scott, how do you solve the issue of depth? If it's just going to be the 11 guys that go out in the Premier League and we're just going to treat the Europa Conference League as, you know, as we all kind of think it should be treated for Bance, you know, do you just roll with those 11 players until one or four of them get hurt and then figure it out from there? Or how do you find depth? Well, I mean, I think as we've seen year over year, getting through with 11 players is never going to work, right? It's been, it's literally been the, the Achilles heel of Tottenham for the past half decade. Um, And, you know, this all probably stems back to us not investing in our squad for, you know, almost two years. Um, I think we're still seeing the repercussions of that. I also think it has to be, yeah, and it has to be considered, you know, that we're, we're in the midst of a rebuild, right. And those things happen in piecemeal and not in one fell swoop, unless you're city. Right. But um, I, uh, you know, I think there's a lot that goes into us and and there's layers to this. Um, I first, I first think you have to look at, like I mentioned, the board and their lack of attention to keeping the squad refreshed and built up. Um, I also think you have to look at the manager because even though I've turned turned a bit of a corner on Nuno after I've you know seen what he's been able to do as far as getting the midfield settled and the back line, et cetera, you also have to be able to get more out of just 11 guys on your squad, right? And, you know, I don't know. I do think we have to also pay attention to the fact that we changed the entire 11, right? 
Um, I think if if Nuno really wanted to to mix and match, he could get a much better performance out of a squad today than than he did with the eleven he chose. But like I kind of said in the chat, I also think that has just a lot to do with how we're treating this competition. I think, you know, I think do I think that the board and the manager thinks we can get through the group with that team? Probably, and we probably can scrape through the group. Can we get through the first round of knockouts about that team? Fuck no. We'll get destroyed, right? No question about it. And so I think, it, you know, that's that has to be considered here too. Like, what is the board actually looking to do? And if, I think my opinion is that when we qualified for this stupid fucking thing at the end of last season, you guys all know I was, like, not, not amused by the fact that we got seventh and had to play in this thing where I really just would have preferred us to have missed out on Europe, right? But that meant falling behind Arsenal and – layers to that too right i understand that but at this point i i i choose to believe the board said okay or the management or whoever it is making these decisions right that we're going to use this competition to get crucial european exposure to some of these guys that don't play very often and whatever happens fucking happens because you guys heard me say today in the chat I don't care at all if we get knocked out of this thing. And that's probably a loser mentality and blah, 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 whatever. You know, we need trophies, blah, blah, blah. What this team really needs right now is fucking revenue, like big time, right? We all know what's at stake. We need to be focusing on how to how to drive revenue. $5 million and this, like, aluminum trophy is not how we're going to do that, right? So I, I do think the board's probably paying attention to that as well. And working with the management to decide let's roll the dice with our second squad completely. I mean – if we if we weren't taking that approach, someone would have been on the plane today in the, in in the form of like a Lucas, right? Um, but nobody was, and so I think as much as I'm couldn't be arsed over this competition, it kind of seems like the organization feels the same way in a sense. Uh, I, I don't know. I guess the, my my thought on the eleven that he rolled out there today, he being Nuno, you know, I get that they they are only playing what every other week or so in this competition and and there's you know there's massive differences playing you know in a competition like this against uh, Vitesse and and Mura and and the likes um but aren't they doing shouldn't shouldn't there be more from them because you know that they're training together it's not like these are guys that that are being pulled off the street and just thrown on the pitch together even though that's what it looks like mm-hmm. you know no, I I agree should, should, I mean, shouldn't, there be, shouldn't there be more camaraderie and more chemistry from from this eleven, especially if you're not mixing and matching with guys that are maybe a little more tired and playing on a Sunday and then having to play again on a Thursday? No, because you've got fucking Deli Alley and Harry Winks and fucking Giovanni Lacelso in the midfield. And so it's a matter. Looking, of, so it's a matter of the personnel to you rather than yes, a hundred percent. Fair enough. It's a hundred percent the personnel. And I mean, that's that's really what we're looking at in this situation is <clears throat> one of the reasons why I, I want to bow out of this competition is because we simply don't have the depth to go through the rigors of the winter and the injuries that come along with that Yeah, and gallivant throughout Europe to win a fucking trash can and qualify for the Europa League as our prize. Right. When in reality, we could just play the kids, dip out, womp womp. And then we focus on a couple of domestic cups. We try to condense and not spread ourselves so thin and maybe save some legs on some folks. And actually, it's funny when you're not so stressed out from playing all the time and having to depend on these people to do certain things. 
guys like Giovanni Lo Celso can pop up for 20 or 30 minutes and surprise you. Um, and I'd like that. I'd, I'd like love, to be surprised. I'd love that. Yeah, no kidding. I would love that. I guess I guess going back to the to the to the Scarlet thing and the Mark and Day thing briefly, you know, this is I, I came into the season not confident that Dane Scarlett was going to be this team's lone backup true striker. Um, and I almost would have rather seen him if, if this was the role that, that was going to be he was going to be placed into. I almost would have rather seen him go on loan. And if we are going to play a competition like this and just kind of bag it, why why the hell are we even sending guys like Lacelso and Bergvine and Delhi and 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 the likes of of Tanganga out there? Why aren't we just playing Markaday and and you know Harvey White and Jack Clark is on Instagram saying he's patiently waiting for a chance? Like why aren't we playing those guys in a in a competition to get them the experience in a in a in a on a European night like this and in a game where you know this is a team that's I mean. Well, I'm sure everyone saw, saw they they sold out for the first time in seven years. It was a great atmosphere for for a team like this to be able to beat a Premier League team at home in, in a European competition. Like, wouldn't wouldn't those younger, almost those under twenty one and and under eighteen type of players benefit from an experience like this? I mean, maybe, but the way that I'm looking at it is that you still need production out of Steven Bergvine, Deli Alley. Brian Heal, Giovanni Lo Celso. You need production out of those guys. And they're not fucking producing right now, save Brian Heal. Who's my, I, he's becoming one of my guys. I like him a lot. Yeah. Um, but you're not getting the type of production from Stevie B. They were talking about Stevie B on the broadcast today. I don't know if you heard this, but old buddy's got like the goals record for PSV and uh, like is, is just considered in uh, the Netherlands to be just a lethal finisher. And it's like, God, I'd love to meet that guy. Yeah. So competitions like these and playing time like this is important for development, yes, but also more so for getting necessary minutes on legs for guys that you're going to need to produce in the later stages of the year when it matters most. Well, and speaking of the broadcast briefly, hopefully it was better for those outside of the United States. But God, it was awful. Man, trying to watch this game on Paramount Plus where the signal – I don't know – I, I don't think that the Netherlands is a uh, you know a, a hard off country or anything, but like the the quality of the stream was just absolutely horrendous, and uh, it was it was. Dude, really we had better streams from North Macedonia last year. Yes, yes. I mean, I, I've had better streams into my toilet bowl, frankly, than than I saw uh, out of Paramount Plus today. It was really really <laughs> horrific trying to watch that game today. Um, so do do better. This is, after all, a European competition. Uh, if we're going to try and treat it as such, let's let's fucking treat it as such. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know, guys. I mean, this was this 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 one didn't really bother me, and I think that's kind of where we're all sitting on it, right? It's like one of those things that you know we're not that upset. I mean, we're we're upset. We always obviously want to see Spurs win games, but this was just not one of those games that that moved me very much. I think the one moment, and I talked with Scott a little bit about this uh, off the air. The one moment that actually got me to react was when Brian Hill uh, moments into the second half hit the crossbar. And it was really the moment leading up to that moment that, that had me um, reacting. And it was when Giovanni Lascelles received the ball and you could see Brian Hill running into space. Uh, and I'm saying, hit the pass, hit the pass. Lacelso delays on hitting the pass and then hits kind of a poor pass, and it caused Brian Heal to have to adjust to the ball 
and still managed to get off a great look and hit the crossbar. But if that passes perhaps on time and a little better, maybe we're talking about something different here. And it just seemed like Spurs were a step behind throughout. And uh, that's kind of just the way it went for, 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 for the whole match. And, and that was frustrating to watch. But um, for the record, Spurs are now third in this group uh, on four points through three matches. One win, one draw, one defeat. Uh, the tests move up to second on six points and Ren are on seven points. So the ironic thing about that is if you can kind of hold your position and just bow out of this competition, that'd be great. Um, finishing second is fine, but then you have to face a team that drops from the Europa League in the, in the first round of the, of the knockouts. And that's obviously going to be a stiffer challenge because it's going to be a stiffer team. You really, if you want to advance in this thing, you really want to finish top of your group. There really is an advantage to that. But as I think you guys are hearing from all of us, there's not much of a concern over that, right? I don't know. We're halfway through this, right? We're halfway yeah. through this group stage. Yes. So we're going to flip it on to here and we're going to see what happens on the way back. Right. Realistically, <laughs> if we're coming out of this, it, this conversation, you know, at the end of this second turn on this group stage and we're second sitting top of the group, something along those lines. I don't know, man. I don't know yeah. if I'm any more excited about this, but at least it's an easier. I don't know. The, here's my thing, Andrew, is that I keep trying to run out this scenario in my head. Like, what does this mean? What does this mean? What could be the best possible outcome here? No, truthfully, the best possible outcome is that we end up seeing Roma in a final. And then there's a storyline around Jose Mourinho coming back to face Tottenham again, and it actually sells some tickets, and it actually you know gets a little buzz for a shit competition that nobody really gives a fuck about. Um, truth be told, that's the best case scenario. So if the best case scenario is that you get to face Jose Mourinho in a fucking cup final, like I'm good. Yeah, we, it, does good. anyone really want that? No, you could have just had a manager going for you and probably have won it. I want to talk about it, Scott. Oh, let's let's not bring that up. <laughs> I'm not even yeah, fucking right. around. Like, no, you're right. I know you're right. Anyway, stop it. Yeah, Roma. Roma. Who Jose Marino six days before a cup final. Who doesn't? Roma Cotton. gave up. Roma gave up six goals in Norway today, and 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 are second place in their group currently on six points um, behind that team, whose name I'm not even going to try and pronounce. So we're going to go with that. Um, Tottenham next in this competition. Uh, face the same team they face today, the Tess at home, November uh, the 4th. That's two weeks away. Uh, then they will get to travel to Murrah and then they get the return. La- that's later in November. Uh, and then in December, they face uh, Wren. That will be the return leg there at home. So two more home games of the three, which is, I guess, a plus because you figure maybe you get some of the regulars in there if they need it. And that's kind of the, the where I'm at too, guys. I feel like if Spurs are in a position to qualify, it's not like they're just going to dick around and throw this same 11 out there for a home game against Wren in the final match week. Uh, they're going to play, you know, they're going to play a real team or at least somewhat real team in that game. And they're probably still going to qualify. So as bad as it looked, um, it's probably still not all that bad or, or, or won't be by the end of the group stage for this competition. So, you know, that's kind of the way that goes. Uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to talk to Shuban about all of this. Some of the same things you just heard. I, I, I had that conversation a little bit earlier. Uh, and then after that, we're going to come back and briefly talk about what lies ahead for Spurs uh, with West Ham looming at the weekend. That should be an interesting one. And we'll do all that right after this. 
Welcome back into the Tottenham Depot. Andrew here, and I'm joined by Shuban because time zones are a thing, and we wanted to wanted to hear from Shuban before he needed to go to bed today and before the other guys could record with me. So, uh, Shuban, uh, you took that one in today, and I, I, I guess the, the thing I wanted to ask you most about is this midfield, and specifically players like Deli Alley and Harry Winks, who I know have been around this club for a long time and who I know you saw at a very early age, both make their, their European debut. I mean, what, is, what do we make of these guys having fallen to, I guess what we're calling the B team, the number two string for this squad and looking just so lackluster in a performance like this today uh, in Holland. I mean, I, I, I don't know what to make of it. I, I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of reserved to this is what these guys are now. And, and it, it really feels like there's no way back for them into the first team. It does feel like that, I don't know, when I first saw them play, especially Delhi as well, that game, I think he was against Sheriff in 2015. And he was just trying stuff. There was an energy about him. It was as if all the other players were drinking coffee and he was on speed. I'm not saying he was anything illegal, but he was just on, Just there was, he had an extra thing about him. And whatever reason, he just seems to have the weight of the world on his shoulders as if it's kind of like remembering what you used to be and for some reason you're not that anymore and he can't figure out why that is and he's i don't know if it's physical if it's mental i'm not, I'm not a sports coach or anything like that but it just feels as if he's labored he really does feel like he's labored and it's not unusual kids a lot of kids come out they're Wonder, wonderkins, yeah. And for whatever reason, they lose a little bit and they come back. But the midfield has been an issue. Um, but I think, I mean, obviously, I don't know what you guys are talking about, but you know, we talk about the 12 angry men, the film. We had 11 strangers there that hadn't played a game together. For me, and this is just me, we have a U23. I would have just put them in the U23s and said, you know what, play a game together. You're not going to be playing. You know what? We're playing on, I don't know, obviously they, we played on Sunday, so there's not a lot of time. But just get them some kind of match time. Just get them some game time so they have understanding with each other or something. Because and have it like closed doors, don't tell anyone, don't you know, do it at you know, hospital away or something. And get them a couple of games. Because they just seem, there's a lack of understanding, a lack of like, okay, Geo is here. The Geo, Geo, Geo's deep. Delhi's thinking, I've got, I've got to get a sprint. I've got to go beyond. You know, I've got to be, either be level with Dane Scarlett or go beyond him. Or there just seem to be a real lack of understanding, a lack of communication, not just in midfield, in attack, in defence. And I don't know whether it's a trust thing. German, we talked about, was it, was it, I don't know if you remember, is it Pochini used to make his players walk across hot coals or something? Maybe we should be like doing trust exercises and like say, oh, I will catch you or something, something bizarre. But I don't know what the solution is, but I'm looking at that and because I don't know, obviously, you would not have seen it. You, 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 you would have had that wonderful Paramount stream that, that didn't get dropping out every five seconds. I had BT and Glenn Hoddle ripped into these players. He absolutely ripped into them. Like, the attitude wasn't there. The attitude wasn't there at all. And 
you know what? Maybe it's because it is a third tier. I mean, you've got Winks and Delhi, who both basically played at the highest level, not just for their countries, but in club football, Champions League. Now they're playing, essentially, I mean, there was a post about, oh, would you rather win top four, be, be in top four, would you rather win the conference level? Top four, definitely. It's, you know, but... You know, and I think there's a motivation thing. I mean, I, I don't. I, I, I mean, I watch it. I, like I watch most things Spurs. Do you know what I mean? But for me, I mean, honestly, literally about. I think uh, I think 50, before the end of the second half, I just said, you know, I'm gonna go get some dinner. Screw it. <laughs> yeah, I'm done, and I'll catch up with. I was watching. I was watching it with Chris. I was like, I'll catch up with you second half or something. We didn't even bother. We actually were chatting about. I think uh, well, obviously Andrew wasn't. Obviously, my the listeners weren't there, but I think. Before one game, I was talking NFL, and that's how bad the game was. Or something I'd rather talk about. I don't know, me and me and Chris, me and Christopher from Southern talk about some inane shit because that's how dull the game was. Yeah, it, it's interesting. You know, you you brought Lacelso up too, and and he's not even what I mentioned. I guess because just because he wasn't, he hasn't been here as long as as both Winks and Delhi. But all three of those guys are twenty five years old. It's not like these are. 28 29 30 year old players um and it's also not like they're 21 22 23 year old players they should be three guys that are really coming into their prime and for me it feels like this is a real i don't want to say make or break but maybe it is kind of make or break for these three guys and in in their career and i don't know if we've seen the best of Delhi and Winks and and this is just who they are from here on out. Lacelso, I kind of I, I think I, I'm I'm leaning toward there's still time for him and there's still room for him to grow because you know it, he, he's not younger than those guys age-wise, but he feels younger in terms of a Premier League player. But it, for me, it feels like these guys getting into this team and into what is essentially this B team and not asserting themselves and not proving that they belong to be playing on the weekends in the league. It, it just, I don't know. Like you said, I don't know if it's a motivation thing. I don't know if it's a, but it really just felt like they didn't want to be out there today. There were certain players that, that did show that they wanted to be there. In my opinion, Brian heel and Joe Rodon and, you know, a, a smattering of others, but, those three guys in particular just did not seem to have it. And I don't know if it's a matter, like you said, of motivation or if it's a matter of this is just their level. And these guys are just kind of not showing, you know, much of a, an inclination to, 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 to bust into the Premier League side. I think if Pino was still playing the stupid money that they were four or five years ago, these guys would be on a plane kind of thing. You know, I just think it's just a case of, I don't know. I mean, like I always say with Harry with Harry Wings, he's not been the same since that Bernie injury. He's never been the same. I think Derry Alley, obviously he went to the semis of England, but he was on the wane anyway. He just and I've as well as I've said, like without Ericsson, Ericsson was like Mr. Satnav. Yeah, he'd always need to be able to find Delhi. And he doesn't have that same person that will if you know someone's gonna be able to find you, you'll make that run. Maybe he, he, has a, he has the confidence of Gio Celso being able to find him. That's why he doesn't make that run. That's the thing. You still made that run no matter what. I'm still made that run up and down, up and down, up and down. Even if it's the guy won't find me, I'll still make that run. 
and he has to be able to do that. He has to be willing to do that. Yo has to be willing to make that pass. I think the problem is, I don't want to have a go at Winks because he's a kid from Hampstead, so obviously that, that case, he's, he's local. But I just don't think he's that player that liberates the other, you know, how do I put it? You need that player that will liberate the others to do their job. He isn't that player. I'm just he, he just isn't. He's not a defensive midfielder. I said from when I saw that midfield, it looks like that midfield's going to be overwhelmed. They need someone, they need a shit kicker in there to do the dirty work, to do, you know, water carry or whatever, to do that shit that no one else wants to do to allow the other players to thrive. You know? You can call it an accolade role, whatever you want to call it. And unfortunately, we only have, well, we, we have two of them, but they're both needed for the league kind of thing. So I thought, like, play Harvey White. You know, just, just get him on there, show him what you can do. And clearly, whatever reason, he doesn't trust him. I mean, the only solution I can think of, and it's not a good solution, but is to bring Saar in in January. You know, and say, look, you know, because I've got three defensemen. Because he's, he's, he, apparently, Lille are going to get relegated. Not, not Lille. Mets are going to get relegated anyway. And they're playing in defensive midfield, playing wing, and they're playing all kinds of positions, which for me isn't a good thing. I think you. I think yes, it's good to play different positions a little bit, but I think you should learn to master one position. You know, not jack of all trades, not a utility player, especially not this level, unless that kind of player. Yeah, yeah, and that's the kind of thing I think we've seen with with Lacelso even. It's 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 almost hurt him because we see him playing in in multiple different roles and different different role for Argentina than he's playing for for a club and whether he's playing deeper in a pivot and letting Delhi roam or vice versa and whether he's playing in the number 10 role. And I think that's, I think that's something that's kind of hurt his game as well. I guess the, the last thing I want to get to you with you is, and you kind of alluded to it is this competition as a whole. I mean, I personally, my opinion is the club's not going to come out and say it, but they really showed what they think of this competition by what they did in, in, you know, not even sending any of the 11 that played last weekend in the Premier League to the Netherlands for this match, um, leaving them all back in London and, and bringing, you know, no reinforcements for, you know, when this team needed a goal late, uh, even to get a point, they, they brought on Dylan Markaday. And, and that's no offense to the young kid, but like that is not what you do if you are chasing a game. That's because they had no other options. So I guess, you know, I know that the argument top four versus winning this competition, there is no argument. Obviously, everyone would want to be back in the Champions League. I think at this point for me, it's not about top four. It's about top six, top eight type of positioning for the long term for this for this Premier League season. But what is this competition, you know, with Spurs sitting? Granted, it's only it's only you're only halfway through the group stage, but with Spurs sitting in third in this group, which really should be just them and Wren um, progressing through, it really should be a battle with Red. And now with this result, it's like you know there's still a lot of time, and and you know Spurs should have every capability to advance through here. But what what does it say that for, from your standpoint that the club thinks of this competition, and what do you think about it in in the long term? I don't think, I'm not sure the club thinks, but I do know, I think we've been saying for how many years that we don't have much depth beyond the first team. And even when we were at that glorious 2016-2017 season, yes, Trippier and Ro, Trippier and, and Dave, Ben Davis did step up, 
yes, we need Lamella, well, see, Lamella's in for most of it, but actually, so obviously, Sonny would come in and he'd have a few, have some games as well. But beyond that first team, we've always struggled to find depth. And no matter how good we've been or how bad we are now, we still cannot solve, resolve the depth issue. Some clubs are very lucky. They can pay a bunch of players a shitload of money. We saw that last night with Man United. They brought on Cavani. They brought on Sancho. I have no idea what they brought on. I mean, they just have a litany. And even they, they, they weren't great. You know, they just happened to have some quality players. And thankfully, and luckily for them, Atalanta didn't finish their chances. But we don't have that. We haven't got the luxury. I don't know whether this is Nuno saying, do you know what? Haven't got a squad, and me cashing out of the Europa Conference League, it should should show you I don't have the squad. I don't know. Well, I'm not. I'm not sure what his play is because football should be about coaching players for the next game. Then I came off and that up. But a lot of it is about politics. Does that make any sense? About maybe about what does your movement show? I mean, I think famously people from people. I didn't obviously. Was it Ruth Hollett famously dropped Alan Shearer to say, look, I'm the one in charge. That didn't work out because you know, he, he got five, three days, three games later or something. But it's about set, setting that setting that line. I mean, people say, and I'll say this, well, one of the reasons West Ham have done really well is they basically showed Jack Walsh at the door saying, do you know what? We're not going to waste time with you because we're too injured. It's just not worth the calories for us to spend time with you. And no one picked up Jack Wilshire. And, I, and, I've always, and I'll say this. The reason we went from being a decent... I mean, obviously you say Toby and everyone else, but I think when we sit out of your fuck off, you're gone. Well, we're going we're gonna to bin a £100,000 contract, you know, or however much it is, because we just don't feel that you add anything. In fact, you, you are a detriment to that team. That's when the team improves. So, honestly... We have to kill Bambi's mother, whether it's Harry Wings, whether it's Deli Alley. We've got a, you know, feast on, you know, do you know what I mean? Eat babe or something. You know what I mean, I can't be more graphic than that. We need to show these players that, you know what? You cannot take your position for granted. Yes, you've done very well for the club in the past, or you're, a, you're one of our own. Or you are a 50 million pound player, or you're whatever. And it's, it's weird. I mean, I think was he. I mean, obviously, I think Tongi had the most running stats. Was it on um, Sat Sunday? And this was the same Tongi that last year was it a year or year two year four? You see him this world and he's labouring. So I'm not saying you can't turn it around, but I think this is a time for definitive action. I don't know what the right action is. I'm not paid enough to do that, but something has to change because. We are doing the same thing we did against Ren. We did as I said, Pacos, Pacos, Pacos de Ferreira. The same feeling I got when I watched Winter and Celsa. I thought this is a, a repeat of Pacos de Ferreira, and unfortunately, I was proven right. So we've obviously we've done the same thing, and the same results happened. So what we're going to do the same thing against Bristol when they come back. I mean, yes, there'll be I don't know forty-five thousand fans, Spurs fans. I mean. And Ben Davis is complaining about the pitch. Our pitch will be a lot nicer, obviously. But it just felt as if, I don't know, the players just didn't seem motivated. They didn't seem too pissed by it. 
Yeah, and I mean, as you mentioned, doing the same thing over and over again, that is indeed the definition of insanity, which is what it feels like to be a Spurs fan sometimes. Uh, before I get you out of here, uh, we're about to talk about it on the pod. I just want to get your your quick thoughts on what lies ahead at the weekend with West Ham. Well, <laughs> um, well I, my first game in the States was actually a West Ham game. Unfortunately, I don't remember much of that game because I – I don't know, it's jet lag and everything. TC was actually a game. I actually remember meeting TC that day. Apparently, I did some... TC will have to tell you what I did, apparently. All I can remember about that game was going in the lead, uh, my friend Hanson Miles falling over when, when we scored. I remember that. And then I remember going to the toilet, coming back, and suddenly we're two on down. I'm like, how long were we in there for? And then I remember, like, when Harry Curry got that, the, the, the matchman bounty, I was hiding in, like, some ocean beach tourist trap because I was too nervous to watch. <laughs> and I don't know what else happened. I mean, TC will say stuff, and I have no idea, because obviously I was, like, completely out of it. But, um, no, I just, like I said, I think West Ham, like I said, it's interesting. I think West Ham, I don't know what the result was. I really couldn't give a shit what West Ham do. I think they all have the same challenges, that, that they have to balance the squad, yeah? So who knows? Maybe the fact that we've rested our players may be a good thing. Maybe the fact that they kept their players going was a good thing, because... It's one of those. Uh, do you remember? Do you remember, I don't know if you've seen Wall Street, but it's like the guys. The guy who's doing really well, Charlie Sheen's doing really well. And the guy says, first minute I saw you, I knew you'd be a good fit." And then the guy gets fired. He goes, "The minute I saw you, I knew you were trouble." Ultimately, no matter what Nuno does, if Nuno does really well, yeah, just justifies his movement. I say, "Oh yeah, if he does really badly." Oh, I told you we shouldn't have pressed all those players. Ultimately, for me, he's got made the right choice. I think. It is a wider choice, and hopefully, I don't know, maybe that plane might have shamed something, you know? They'll come back on that plane and think, oh, shit. You know, because ultimately, obviously, I don't, I don't know, they'll fly home. It's, about, it's only about an hour's flight from, from Arnhem, maybe it's an hour and a half. They probably will rest tomorrow, do a little bit on Saturday. I'm hoping they show something in training and say, do you know what? We let you down, but... If you call upon us on the 60th minute or whatever, we'll do something about it. We, we, we will make something happen. I'm not saying that will happen, but I'm saying that's what I'd like to see. But you, I mean, I, I mean they, these are players who are, you know, I mean, they're guaranteed income. They're not, I mean, I mean, it, the way I look at it, is still going to play for Argentina no matter what. You know, Winks, unless they shift them out, you know, Delhi's on a good fat wage. Is he getting motivated? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the solution is. I, as I said, apart from killing eating babe, I don't know what the solution is. So yeah, and, and enjoy your pork shops this weekend, guys. Yeah, no question. Aside from aside from killing baby, <laughs> it is a mystery. Shivan, uh, appreciate you coming on with us, mate. And uh, you know, I like I said, we're, we're going to talk West Ham here after the break, and and we're all going to have questions and. And uh, they're going to be the same ones that you're asking. So uh, in, until we get the answers, which will hopefully come Sunday, uh, we we await that one. But uh, appreciate you coming on with us and uh, sharing your thoughts on this one, however disappointing it was. All right. Thank you very much, Andrew. Thanks for having me on. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back into the Tottenham Depot. I'm your host, Andrew. Got Todd and Scott with me. Uh, you just heard from Shuban a little bit on West Ham. We're going to talk West Ham as well. Uh, guys, I don't think this is an easy match in any way, shape, or form coming up uh, this week. Uh, this Sunday, travel away to West Ham. And it's, you know, we, we talked a little bit about this last weekend, but Spurs' next handful of Premier League matches come against West Ham, Man United, and Everton. Those are the three teams that, that currently sit one point behind Spurs in the table. Um, it is, you know, this is going to be a dogfight for these next three Premier League matches. And not to mention, you have to mix in uh, a Carabao Cup match next week against Burnley and that first le- first uh, Europa Conference League match uh, in this final stretch, which we've been talking about against Vitesse, all in this, all in these next uh, really like two and a half weeks before we get to another international break. So, but West Ham, Woo-hoo! you know, West Ham are a good good squad, and I, I just don't know. This is going to be tough, harrowing. This is going to be a really tough game this Sunday. What are what are your guys' thoughts on it? I it's it's definitely a dangerous one, right? They're kind of a bogey team for us, anyways. And you know, be it be it a loss or an unfavorable draw, whatever it's been, you know, at least somewhat consistently over the past years. Um, and I think they're much better in terms of where they've been at, at times where they've been a bogey team and we're probably worse. Right. So it's not great. Um, now, if we go with the same 11 that we win against Newcastle, I could see that team getting a win, but we're not going to have much depth off the bench, which, you know, case in point by the zero subs we made against Newcastle. Um, we have a lot of work to do and, and Newcastle, like I said, is a good team who, is really kind of on that cusp of breaking the mold, you know, as far as a London setup goes, as us and Arsenal kind of head in the wrong direction and they keep tracking in the correct direction, right? Um, good investment, a good manager, um, you know, a board who and an ownership group that it kind of has this uh, um, general consensus of being inept, but I would argue that, right? And I think people are starting to see that, that they might argue that as well. Um, yeah, so a dangerous game for us and got a lot to do. Um, if things don't go as well as they hopefully will for Nuno, it could get pretty dicey after today's result too. So a lot of pressure on this match. And I, I, I'm not saying that Nuno is going to get sacked. I'm saying that Nuno needs to do things that are going to alleviate pressure that's been on him for some time. Right. So um, yeah, I don't know. It's a big one. Stop trying to sack managers, Scott. <laughs> All the time. Just trying to sack a GD manager. Boy, let me yeah. tell you. All I wanted was for us to not sack the last two. All right. Well, same, same. Uh, <laughs> anyway, this this game sucks. This game always sucks. I hate this yep. match. I, there's no part of this match that, that makes me excited. Um, I don't hate it as much as the North London Derby, but it's close. That, you, uh, you, you're echoing my sentiments there, bud. Yeah, it's, uh, it's one where I feel like every time we play these guys, it's a little brother just being chippy little fucking brother. And uh, it's getting to the point now where little brother's getting pretty tall. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Saeed Ben Rama. I clamored for him beforehand. He's really starting to come into the fore. 
and, and just make it a big difference for them. Um, I think Miguel Antonio is who we thought he was, which is essentially a, a, a low red uh, Tesco Lukaku. Um, <laughs> and uh, I think he against Cudi Romero is going to be fun for everybody to watch. But realistically, for me, this match is going to be one shocker in the fucking midfield and see how PEH and Ollie Skip smash Declan Rice's bitch ass in the mouth. And I think if that goes the way that I think it's going to go, I think Spurs get out of there with about a 3-2, maybe 4-2 victory. Yeah, if there's any advantage that Spurs have, West Ham also played, they're obviously in the Europa League, if, if people have forgotten, because they did finish above Spurs last year. Uh, they finished, uh, they won 3-0 over Gink today uh, and played some of their regulars. I mean, Declan Rice played 67 minutes. Jared Bowen played 83 minutes. Uh, Cresswell played 67. Uh, Suchek played the whole the whole 90 um so you know they are going to be on some i guess theoretically at least more tired legs than spurs will who we know are not going to start anyone that played today (laughs) you know we know that spurs are coming right out with the same 11 they rolled out against newcastle last week none of those people traveled uh to holland uh, other than other than the coaches and the managers so um (laughs) you know i just that's, I guess, the one advantage that you, you know, if it can be perceived as an advantage that you get against a, a West Ham right now because they are in Europe and uh, similar to Spurs are, are having to play games. Granted, that game was at home for them, uh, so no travel. Um, but I, I don't know, guys. It's like I think Scott said it best. This is a bogey team, and this is a team that I think. In in all seriousness, you would have to kind of be okay with going on the road to West Ham and getting a point. Um, I'm not saying you would be jumping for joy about it, but it would feel like a like a almost like a survival. It would feel almost as if you yeah. you you got what you needed and and get the hell out of there and and, and run to the next one. Uh, that next one being another thing to think about, which is a midweek cup match uh, away to Burnley. So. You know, nothing nothing easy on the schedule in the next handful of weeks for Spurs because, as I mentioned, Man United and Everton coming up in the league right after this. So um, none of this is fun, but this is the Premier League. So this is what we signed up for, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 basically where we're at. <laughs> that's that's what I, I, I hope everyone's really cheered up by listening to this podcast. <laughs> my goodness. Um, you know, we... we 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 don't always promise uh, happy, cheery, uh, fun times, but we at least hope it's entertaining. I mean, right? This is mm. watching this team is is that was some abysmal that. shit today, bro. That was just it was fucking awful. It was just really, really hard to watch. The, the and first I think oh, we have to say that yeah, the first fifteen to twenty minutes, especially where I'm like, there's been a huge music in the background. I'm like, wait, really? This is what we're doing today. We're sending out this eleven and doing this, like you would at I least. Mean, I came into this match thinking maybe some of these guys will have had a boot put up their ass and said, "You need to show me something in order to work your way into league matches." And it seems like all of them almost turned around and took that boot to their crotch instead <laughs> and fell to the floor. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty spot on. They said the same thing on the broadcast, Scott. Like they, you know, they even said like, "Hey, Delhi, Lacelso, like these guys are are pushing for for minutes for Premier League minutes." They highlighted Harry Winks about how his his career is beginning to sputter. They obviously haven't been watching for the last two or three years when it started sputtering. But um, 
it, it's something where we're asking for a tune out of players that don't know how to play it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I just continuing to do the same thing over and over and over again is very frustrating to watch. It is. I mean, I, 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 I think that's where I'm kind of baffled by all of this is if I'm, if I'm wings, if I'm, if I'm Delhi, especially those two, right. I don't feel great about anything, right? There, there, there is nothing there. I don't understand how you can go from being instrumental in bossing Real Madrid off the pitch at the Bernabeu to going to Vatice and not being able to play the sport that, that you've played for your entire life, you know, at all. It's, it's very, I just don't understand it. Um, it has to be between the ears, you know, there, it, it has to be, and that's something that's that I think we've been concerned with for a couple of years as Spurs fans now. I'm concerned with the fact that the manager can't get more out of that, right? Um, I'm concerned with the fact that our board has no interest in moving on from players like that and, and you know, taking losses for the bad choices that we've made in the market. Um, it just it's, – it's a lot more than just a bad performance, right? And that's where this is all just kind of getting – just exhausting right because this competition aside we're going to continue to play shit players um whatever happens happens but even the premier league is teetering on a knife's edge right like yep any any week can change a season at this point for us in the to the good and the bad but when you that's have a good first, shot no but when you're when you have a first 11 that's literally just 11 people and you don't have a first 15 or 16 you literally have a first 11 that doesn't, you know, drive those prospect, prospects to be, you know, terribly exciting either. So I don't know, man. It's a, I, I don't mean, don't mean to be drab, and we're all Spurs fans, and you know, uh, unlike some of these fucking players, we don't have the luxury of parting ways with the club, you know. And so <laughs> we, uh, we, we are in it, man. Regardless, but I, I yep. things have got to change quickly, right? So extremely fair. Extremely fair, and I appreciate. I, I I very much appreciate that sentiment from you, Scott. That's great to hear. Uh, that's going to do it for us on this edition of the Tottenham Depot. You can again follow us at Tottenham Depot. You can follow Scott at DSM Spurs. Follow Todd at TC underscore Kasho. Follow myself at Astedka. Leave us a rating and review wherever uh, you listen to your podcast. Uh, drop us a line on the socials as well. We'd love we'd love to hear from the listeners. Uh, and we will be back with you Sunday following West Ham for. Whatever the hell that's whatever the hell's gonna happen there. Uh, we're we're all kind of uh, waiting in anticipation. That's what it feels like. Every every single Premier League match to me feels like you're just peeking around the corner, waiting for what's gonna jump out and bite you. And uh, and that's kind of very much what it feels like this weekend as well. So uh, until we, we you know we we reach our hand out and get bitten, we'll uh, we'll, we'll continue to watch these things and and. And hope for the best and, and hope that the signal is at least a little better uh, uh, when we watch a Premier League match this weekend than it was today. Because uh, I still can't get over how it is the year 2021 and we are uh, not able to produce a television signal that will not um, will not look like absolute dog shit. So uh, hopefully that improves as well. Uh, for Todd, for Scott, I've been your host, Andrew. As always, come on, you Spurs. Thank you so much for stopping by the Tottenham Depot. Thanks to Scott Bird for our intro music, as well as the tunes you are hearing right now. Thanks to Dakota Booth for our artwork. Thank you as well to our spouses who put up with our obsession with this football club and for all that they do. And thanks to you, the listener, who really makes this happen. Supporters make this club, and you, the listener, are what make this podcast possible. 
Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Tottenham Depot. And as always, come on, you Spurs. <laughs>